Hey, this is Haley. This is Heather. And you're watching the Who Done It Sisters, a Kansas City true crime podcast. This episode is on the unsolved murder of Alan Ray Thompson. Alan and his mom are getting ready to go get some school supplies when a gunman shot Alan in front of his mom and killed him on January 2nd, 1970. Every case is solvable, and we truly need your help with this one. Alan's parents are now deceased, and his older sister Nancy is doing everything she can to keep the story out there. She reached out to us to help her get the story out. So please listen to Nancy talk about Alan and what happened on that day in January. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he was just a regular kid um, as far as being sweet and lovely. And uh, uh, I am the oldest, so I was a few years older than he was. Uh, so he was actually closer with my youngest sister. They were uh, just six years apart. And so she idolized him. He was her savior, big brother. Uh, he to cheer her up uh, if we picked on her too much, uh, <laughs> being the youngest, uh, he would make sock puppets for her. And that's a really fond memory uh, that she has of him. Uh, so I had already graduated high school because we all all of the sibs went to the same high school, Westport High School. So I had already graduated. I'm three years. I was three years older than he was. And I was actually married at the time. He was enrolled in ROTC. And that was in preparation uh, for him to uh, join uh, the service and the armed forces. And he also, when he finished that, he hoped to be an engineer. So he had big plans for his future. And he was a thoughtful guy. And, and he was, although I say he was just, you know, just an average kid, he was 6'4 at 16, right? So he, but he was uh, still living at home with my mom. My folks were uh, divorced. So, my, but my dad uh, didn't live too far from the family. I don't know when this happened. It, it was like our world was rocked. And um, both my parents uh, have passed and they passed pretty young um, and they never got over it. Um, oh, and Alan was well liked in school. He had a lot of friends. And I learned that uh, when Robert uh, posted one of the flyers uh, uh, that he periodically does for, uh, you know, uh, cold cases or other murder victims. And he posted it on um, the Westport uh Facebook page. And so there were a lot of uh, nice comments and heartwarming comments for me uh, to see how uh, people remember, some people remembered him. So I know you weren't there when it happened. If you don't mind, tell us. From my point, from my perspective. Yes. Uh, right. Well, uh, I, you know, it was January 2nd, so it was bitter cold, Kansas City, you know. So I was, I was married. I was sitting at home uh, watching the news. I had a girlfriend there. My husband had run out to, for an errand of some sort. 
and we're just she and I are just chatting and out of the corner of my you know the ear I I hear the last uh two digits of uh my my parent my mom's address and the street you know on forest 37th and forest uh and uh I I so I decided well uh, I tried to call my mom and the line was busy so I called her uh, place where she had been working that night because this happened at 9 p.m. at night she said uh, honey don't you know or haven't you heard and so I don't know if she you know that made me panic and I don't know if I, she told me or if I finally got a hold uh, I did get a hold of my mom and she told me what happened and so my husband and I went over there and uh they had the police had already left. Uh, my mom was just, you know, a shred of her. She was just shredded, basically, because this happened in front of her. They they had planned to go to go shopping because he needed something for school supplies or school or something. And so he was outside uh, trying to unfreeze the car door lock. And of course, that had the the dome of the dome light on, and this was a very safe neighborhood. To uh, from what I can remember, we we never uh, had a concern about uh, things happening. You know, uh, there was a, it was a family neighborhood uh, across the street was a Catholic high school, Lilith High School. I don't know if you remember that. And two doors uh, further down the street was kind of a rectory for the nuns and the priests and uh, whatever other religious things that they might have done. So, you know, it was, uh, and on the other side of us was a family, a very large family. So it was a kind of, it was a family uh, street. But because it was uh, late at night and cold, there, you know, there really wasn't a lot of activity going on in the neighborhood. And uh, what we can determine is that it was a, just an opportunity. These, this car drove by. They were looking for, you know, something. And they saw an opportunity with, they thought my mom was alone because with the car light, dome light on, uh, they only saw her. So they thought, oh, well, let's just, you know, parked the car down the street and they came up. Yeah, we think that they drove, this car drove by and just randomly saw my mom. Okay. Uh, but they never found the weapon. And they, they parked further down the street, which is why uh, they, it, it seemed like such, it caught them, caught my mom and my brother by surprise. that They just were coming up, you know, from the other end of the block. So somebody was driving the car, obviously, and two people, at least two people, came up to rob my mom. And then they were surprised to find my brother there. Uh, they started talking to my brother, and my mom heard them talking. And all of a sudden, she saw a head come in to the passenger seat, you know, because the car door was open. So somebody tried to come in, and they were trying to. Uh, rob her purse and so she started to uh, you know resist 
And then she heard my brother say, uh, don't mom, they have a gun at my neck uh, or gun on me or whatever. And so she started to say, just wait, wait. And she was getting out of the car. And as she was getting out of the car, they shot him and he died on the scene in front of my mom mm. and ran off. They did talk to um, three guys and uh Unfortunately, they all denied it and they couldn't contribute to anything, uh, didn't know anything. And years later, I asked a private investigator. I did get a copy of the police report years later. And in that, it had their three names. Uh, but they weren't suspects and they weren't persons of interest. They were just three guys that they had picked up because they were, uh, since this was a, a purse snatching, uh, initially starting out like that, that's where they went first to look at what was happening in the neighborhood. And uh, so Forrest is, I, I, I'm sure you know, Forrest is right off Truce, 37th and Truce. Uh, and so I don't know what was happening on, on that side. I didn't, we didn't know about the purse snatchings or the house where they would go dump the purses and that's that's where they started there uh, and how they how they found the three guys, because they did have criminal records. Don't, they weren't angels, but they did have criminal records. And that's that's really the story. Um, my mom did not share any any information that I can remember about the investigation. What the information I got was basically from the police report years ago she moved in with my uh, sister my I have a sister that's a year younger than me she, she never she just never spoke about it, it after uh, she moved in with my uh, my sister and her husband because um, we did move out she we had to move her out of the house that where we were living obviously and uh, so she moved in with them because she you know felt safer I, I tell you over the years my mom, never ever talked about that night over the years uh, you know it was it was 20 uh, 24 years before I got up the courage to uh, call uh, the there wasn't any crime stoppers at the at that time over the years I've tried to uh, get attention uh, to his case uh, 24, at, I started at 24 years and contacted the Kansas City Star and said, hey, you know, this is going to be a 25-year-old case pretty soon. Would you do a story? And initially, uh, the journalist uh, said he would, but he'd have to present it to the editor. And the editor um, declined to run the story at 25 years. And so the next year, Mark Mark Morris was the journalist's name, and he said they had switched editors, and uh, that editor said, well, this is an interesting story. Why didn't they run it at 25 years? 
So he is 26 years. I mean, at least I got some attention, right? So the story was out there. I really wished it would have been more about the story, but it was more about uh, my the remaining family, my sisters and I, uh, with just a you know how how we fared, uh, what we were doing now, you know, and that kind of thing. But uh, and and then. Uh, Yes, I was living in Tampa one uh, day, and uh, I thought, well, let me just see if the if Kansas City has a, a cold case squad. And they had, so I made the call, and I got a really nice officer who took down a lot of information and gave me the the number of the cold case. And he said they had just started, and he it was a department of one him. and so uh nothing really happened i as i uh waited to see what what could happen i would call periodically and my uh, one call i got was hey nancy um i'm being transferred and so i won't be handling um this case anymore and so it was kind of left at that and uh as the 50-year mark approached, I contacted uh, the star again, got a really nice uh, guy. His name was Glenn, is Glenn. Uh, he, he couldn't push it uh, uh, to the editor once again. The editor at, at the time said, well, his question was, if the, or attitude was, if there's nothing new, to the story then we're not going to run it so they chose not to run it and um that's how i ended up uh calling crime stoppers just out of the blue and i got a really nice detective who has since retired and they had at the time they had gotten the kansas city police department raised uh, the Crime Stoppers reward to up to twenty five thousand. That's when that happened. So mm-hmm. that's that's where we are. Uh, I have tried a number of groups. I ran across Mama on a mission, and when I ran across her, uh, she she was saying that she had some spots open up on her uh, spreadsheet, you know, her bulletin where she has all the pictures of people. And she uh, said that she had some spots open and that she would put Allen's on there. And she did. And it's, it's, it's still on there today. And of course, Robert did a few things with Corey's uh, network with his um, networking. We just, we just never got any justice just because there was so, it was, you know, it's been, now it's going to be 52 years. Right. Um, or it, it is 52, 52 years. 52 years, yes. Yeah, it'll be 53. All I can hope for is keeping it, it out there and with believe you me i i've really shaken about every tree i'm i'm sure you've heard of the vdoc society it's a you know retired police officers that work on cases mm-hmm. volunteer their time and i've i've tried twice presented my brother's case twice to them and they uh ha- they have to get per- you know cooperation from the Kansas City Police Department and both times the Kansas City um, uh, chief said that uh, they're not gonna you know there's nothing that they can do 
and and actually when I so they refused they refused to uh, allow the VDOC Society to you know help help on the case and Sergeant uh, Caldwell Caldwell um, you know him yes yes this it was uh, he was helpful in getting uh, um my brother's uh, picture and a little information on the unsolved cases page of the Kansas mm -hmm. Police Department. Mm -hmm. So he was helpful mm -hmm. with that. Sergeant Caldwell did go to the warehouse and examined, he had his team examine all the evidence again uh, for touch DNA. And, and I guess the last time that it ran when the Fox, oh. uh, news people did that interview in 2019 uh they uh did get a few tips yeah we we really miss our brother you know we didn't get to grow up with him and and so it's it's really difficult so you know i feel like sometimes i'm in competition with the others of more recent times and I'm thrilled when they can solve a case. And even Project Cold Case uh, has also been successful in solving some cases. But, you know, some of these older cases that don't have a lot to go on, uh, it'll take, uh, I think, like the sergeant said, a deathbed confession. First of all, these are, these are my thoughts. And, and I'm not speaking, um, I'm certainly not speaking for Nancy. But the way I feel is that when a person reaches out for help, I feel like it's our, our duty as compassionate human beings to want to help each other. And when Nancy reached out to the Kansas City Star and asked them to do a, an article on the 25th anniversary of her brother's death, and they didn't, I, I, it just bothers me because that's, you know, the family members are the biggest advocates for, for loved ones, for, you know, and when you're asking for help and I feel like that's what they're supposed to do. The media should want to help. I find that with a lot of cases where the media just doesn't, if it doesn't interest them, then they just they won't do that and i just feel like it's it should you should look at the big picture and not just what's in it for me oh is anyone going to be interested in that story well well it, it's helping other people that's how people learn about things and then when she reached out at the 50th anniversary and the you know the editor's like well is there anything new no well then we don't want to run it well but it'd be new to a lot of people reading it yeah, obviously. obviously. Because cases are forgotten unless you continuously talk about it or bring it up. Like Nancy's left to carry the torch here. Right, right. And um, I just, I really think that they missed out on that because there would have been people, you know, still around who, who knew about it. And, you know, um, but then when she asked, you know, the Kansas City police if they're willing to get the, um, the Vidoc the retired d detectives and they're like, no, no. Again, it's like, it's like my case and I don't want anyone else coming in there and helping. And again, I feel like when a family member is wanting help, it's, it's what we should do.
And if something's not being solved, I don't understand why people wouldn't want the extra eyes or the extra help. Right. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. So we're really asking, please, please, please share this so that Nancy can get, you know, justice for her brother. Because there's not a lot of older people that will be on YouTube and, yeah. and, and maybe listening to podcasts. Um, so we're really hoping that someone can remember hearing a story about um, a 16-year-old high school kid who was enrolled with the, who, who is involved with the ROTC, you know, getting shot back in the 1970s. Um, and he was so tall that, you know, it's, it's possible that they might have thought they were shooting a man. And so, you know, maybe you've heard stories or maybe your parents or your grandparents heard stories of someone shooting a, someone who they thought was, a, you know, an older adult and who's really a child or in the Hyde Park area in the 1970s. He uh, went to Westport High School at the time. That's what it was called. There was a string of purse snatchings that they believed at the time could have possibly be involved in it. But just anything, any murder in the Hyde Park with a child. So please, please help um, get this out there. Um, and you can reach out to Crime Stoppers at 816-474-TIPS. And what's the next show going to be on? The next episode is going to be on the double homicide in Great Bend, which is where we are actually right now. Thanks for watching. Thank you very much. Think, uh, please share, please like, please subscribe. Yeah. Bye. Do that.